0: What you have gone through in life doesn't always define who you are, but it's part of a larger plan, working for a greater good, a better you. Here is where you'll hear stories of adversity turned into victory, stories of faith, both steadfast and wavering, but testimonies nonetheless that may change your heart, your perspective, even your life. Welcome to Testimonies. Welcome in. I'm Tessa Spencer. And real quick, I want to thank all of you for uh, tuning in over the past several weeks. I really do appreciate, you know, the comments, just kind of chiming in and you guys sharing some of your own experiences. And I hope that uh, you've been inspired in some way. And also you've become more aware of God's presence around you. And of course, how he moves, because he moves. And uh, what's that song? I like the way you move. Yeah, we're going to have to apply apply that to him because he can do some amazing things and also hope that you have um Come to know to or be more aware how he uses those that you encounter in your everyday life to help you along your journey. And I'm so grateful for a moment in time because uh, back in July, I, I became acquainted with this week's uh, guest and immediately was just like drawn to her, just like this energy. It's almost like I've known her before. That's just for me. I don't know if she feels the same way, but she is many things. She is a wife, she's a mother, she's a first lady, she's a minister, she is an author, and she is a breast cancer survivor deborah rouse hello hello how are you i'm doing good i'm so glad that we made this happen you're finally here
1: yes i'm So, so very excited to be a part of this podcast. Thank you so very much for this platform. Absolutely. To be able to share my story.
0: And a story it is. You're from Andrews, South Carolina.
1: Andrews is a very, very small town. We have like maybe three traffic lights. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know how small it is. But we are the gateway to Charleston. It's an hour there in Myrtle Beach and... Mm-hmm. and in Florence are to 95. So my upbringing, my mother, um, I consider coming from a very strong stock of or a very stock of very strong women for me mm-hmm. in my life. My mom and my grandmother and all my aunties, they were kind of like moms to me. Mm-hmm. So we were always in church. I was reared in church, in a Baptist church. We were on it every Sunday, going to church, Sunday school morning service, of course, paying my little tithe and offering every yeah. time I got the money. So, you know, we made sure, okay, we're going to keep the blessings of the Lord yes, flowing in the yes, house.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> yes, we're going to keep this, even at a, as a, you know, a young girl. And I'm I'm so grateful for that, you mm-hmm. know, to know that she instilled that in me. And so, you know, today it's, it's no problem with me giving to the church Mm -hmm. or just giving to anyone because my mother always told me I always had a giving spirit. I always would cater to the ones that are downtrodden or those that got bullied and stuff like that. It was like, you were always there to step in to make somebody's day happy.
0: Sometimes people grow up in that particular environment. And once they get older, sometimes they kind of venture away from their ways, so to speak. I mean, they still have that foundation. The foundation is there. So what has kept you grounded in the spirit and grounded in your faith and staying connected?
1: Uh, Well, one was hearing my mom's voice. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to do, especially, you know, at college, I'm like, wow, you know, it's like a whole new world. Right, away from me, I don't, you know, (laughs) a whole new world. I don't have my aunties around. I don't have none of my church (laughs) members. You know, so she just instilled in me so much of just God, your relationship with God and um, so when I wanted to go out to parties and stuff like that and I'm like, you know, my nickname is Dee, Dee. So she was yeah. like, Dee I didn't raise, you know, I could hear her say, Dee Dee, I didn't raise you like that, okay. and, you know. You gotta be careful and I right. was like, Oh God, I can't get rid of this oh, woman <laughs> <laughs> You know, I didn't do a whole lot of that. You know, I didn't I ever I never was one that went to you know, clubs. Even when I was a, te- a teenager, kind of like in high school and stuff like that, I never, you know, it didn't mm-hmm. appeal to me to go, you know, smoking and drinking and stuff like that. It just did not appeal to me. Um, that's okay. Yeah. And I was fine with that, you know, because I've seen how alcohol affects family. I had about with that with my stepfather, and I was like, no, I don't want a part of that because mm-hmm. I know what it does to a family. And that's one of the reasons why I just hung on to my faith and was so grounded, because I didn't want to disappoint my family and get caught up. In that right. because I know what it does to a child. I know, you know, I know how it affects a family and doing this, venturing away from God's grace and are uh, just not his grace, but just venturing away from that foundation. That
0: would definitely set you up for a very pivotal moment in your life. Mm-hmm. You are a breast cancer survivor. And the way that you found out that you had cancer was kind of unconventional and just
1: overall strange. Um, it was
0: the way that happened. So let's start your testimony.
1: Okay. So the end of January of 2019, Mm -hmm. probably the end of the month of January going into February, just doing my Mm -hmm. breast self-examination in the shower. And um, I felt a lump and I was like, "Mm, this is uh, a kind of weird. And me, I love science. I love anatomy. So I'm like, "Ah, I know this is not normal. I was like, well, I got my, um, my gynecological appointment in March, right before, I think a little bit before my birthday. And I say, well, you know, I'll watch it and I'll make sure it does you know if it gets any bigger if it changes shape my skin and everything so I was just kind of you know watching it and then um all of a sudden I started having discharge I said okay well I really know this is not normal so when I got to my doctor's appointment she felt it. she was like yeah we need to get this checked out I was like okay but you know right then and there it didn't alarm me I didn't tell my husband
0: okay
1: I didn't tell anyone I was like well you know we're going to get checked out first you know there's no need to panic Mm -hmm. yeah get everybody all excited somewhat Mm -hmm. in a sec per se but I said uh you know we'll just we'll just check it out so she sent me to get a mammogram using a mammography machine I had that mammogram and they did an ultrasound everything came back negative even the um lady that did the ultrasound mammogram she was like oh you know don't worry about it I've seen this so many times it's just something in your duct that's all it is OK, so I was like, OK. And me knowing that whenever you're in the hospital, nurses really should not even be telling you any type True. of diagnosis. True. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt. I'm like, uh, OK, mm-hmm. so I didn't say anything. So we got my results back. My results were negative. Everything was good. Hmm. But, I, mm-hmm. you know, both me and my doctor was like, but, you know, I still got this lump what's going on what's up right so she sent me to a breast surgeon in mount pleasant um in roper so i went there and i saw her pa and i'm telling you if i had a million dollars i would give it to uh, the the pa Mm -hmm. miss two i would because she was so adamant about it she was like well yes you do have a lump and right then and there it started uh, my nipple started discharging and she was like um she said okay deborah this isn't right and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm thinking in my head, I Did knew that. I, I know that, yeah, it <laughs> Duh, okay. <laughs> you know, she was like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. She said, well, I'm going to send you up and we're going to have another mammogram. You know, this is my third one. Yeah. Um, I'm going up and I get to the second floor. Her name was Miss B. She took me back and she started doing the ultrasound mammogram and she's looking and she's looking. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor come in, and they're just kind of whispering. I'm looking at them. What y'all talking And about? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, you know. I'm like, and then the doctor was like, there is no place for me to biopsy. What? She said, I don't see anything. I'm like, okay, guys. Tell me.
0: Right. Either they don't
1: see it, there's something wrong with the vision. Right. You know, something is just not right. She's yeah. like, I don't. See anything? So I go back downstairs. Okay, you got the results. was like, she sent down the results. Now she's like, no, there's nothing there. So Miss Sue said, no, there is something going on. She said, you know what? Don't worry about it. She called and set up an MRI biopsy. She's like, Deborah, you don't have a lump, and then something is just not there. May 14, 2019, I walked in our Roper Downtown. We did a MRI biopsy. That was the most excruciating pain ever. She's doing this on both breasts, and I'm like, okay, well, why are we doing? The left one. There's only a love in the right. That was May 14th and May 15th. I'm at work and it was about uh, probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. I get a call and she was like, hey, um, Deborah, this is Miss Toohey. And she said, I know you wanted to know what was going on since it's been such, you know, it's just been crazy trying to find out what this lump is. I was like, yeah. I said, sure, fine. She was like, I hate to call you at work, but I knew you wanted to know. I said, yeah, you know, you're good. In the back of my mind, at one slight moment, I was like, you know what? This lady is about to tell me I got cancer. Mm. And then another part of me was like, nah, just whatever it is, you know, we're good. She starts out, oh, you know, your left breast is good. We don't see anything, da-da-da-da. You know, she's giving me, I'm like, okay, all right. And then she goes, but your right breast, Deborah, you have invasive and non-invasive carcinoma. And I'm like, carcinoma, that's cancer. And she said, it's cancer. And I mean, as soon as she got it out of her mouth, it sucked the air completely out of me. mm -hmm. And the tears began to fall. And she started describing it. She was like, with the non invasive it's called non invasive ductal carcinoma in situ, meaning that it's still in if they're in my in the cell but it hadn't broken to the tissue. Okay. So I had non invasive and invasive. But she was so encouraging. She was like, "There, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to, I'm going to set you up with another doctor. We're going to get this rolling. I mean, she was very encouraging. She was very sweet about it. And I was like, okay. So right then and there, I started writing. I started writing down everything she was telling me. Your
0: family still didn't know at this point?
1: No one knew at this point. Okay. I finished the phone call with her. I went to the bathroom. I just kind of like walked really, really fast to the bathroom because we still had patients that day. People walking around and I just went in the bathroom and I just put my hands over my mouth and I just muffled the cry. And I was just like, God, this you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no way. You, tithed, you know all You've these. been
0: faithful. You, yeah, yeah I oh,
1: all of them things were going through my head. You know, I'm mm-hmm. tithing, I'm paying offering, I'm praying for people, I'm laying hands, me and my husband, you know, we doing this, every yeah. you're calling me these preaching assignments. I'm like, how did you allow this to you know, what's what's up? Mm-hmm. You know. I stopped after I went through that for probably but maybe a minute, I stopped and said, You know what, D, get yourself together. I wash my face, mm-hmm. I walk back to my desk and I sat down. And I said, you know what? You only got one more hour left. And in my mind, I was thinking not that my coworkers don't know the Lord, but I was like, I needed to get to my husband because he's my pastor mm-hmm. and I need to let him know because I need somebody that's really going to pour into me right now. because. I didn't think they could. At that point, at that moment, I I really needed somebody to just grab me and say, hey, we got this. We're going to be all right. So I went back to work for like maybe an hour when I clocked out, you know, I was just praying in my seat. I'm like, Lord, please don't let somebody come by and see. Something on me, or come by and say something, because I will just fall to pieces. Because this is crazy. I don't. I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand this. Right. Getting home, Andrews, George, from Georgetown to Andrews, only like maybe 18, 20 miles, but I tell you, it felt like a lifetime. And I'm questioning God and you know a lot of people say you shouldn't question God I'm thinking well how else are you going to find out anything if you don't ask
0: that is true because
1: he, Somebody told he does me that. say yeah. ask yeah ask he, he cannot so I did that on the way home, and I'm like, "Come on, I, you know, me and God, we got this rapport with each other." I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, dude,
0: what's up with this? What's up? What, you know,
1: what, what, what you doing? <laughs> what's going on? You know, yeah. I'm like, like, this ain't like you. What's, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's this all about? What did I do to you? We've been good, right? Yeah. I did, I, yeah. I, I, I did, I asked questions like that, yeah, and I started going over mine. You know, did I do something wrong? Did I sin? Did I did not ask for forgiveness? Right. Did I hurt somebody's feelings? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm here Human too. I'm a preacher but I'm human. Yeah, you're taking yes, inventory. I went through all of that. Mm-hmm. And I got home and walked in a house and I just threw myself on the bed and my husband was ironing. I'll never forget this. I just went to him and he stopped ironing, he looked at me and I just fell into his arm and I just burst. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Deborah, and through muffled cry, I mean, through these cries and whimpering and I said, I got cancer. And when I tell you it was almost as if the whole house got quiet. It was just a stillness in the air that, I mean, I cannot even explain. I, it was just like everything got quiet. Everything got quiet. And he just held me and he just let me cry. It was just like the tears just it just dried up. And I was like, you know what? I was getting demands then. I'm like, we're not telling the church. We're not telling my mom. We're not telling my family. I said, you're not telling your family. We're not telling anybody right now. And he just looked at me. He's like, okay. And in my mind, I had my reasons
0: okay.
1: to not tell people because I was looking at, okay, you're in a small town. You know, small town news gets around. Right. But more so this was happening to me. This was very private. This is very um, emotional for me. You know, people look up to their pastors as, you're strong. You you can take anything. Right. You know, we may mm-hmm. go through a trial yeah, but you can. and break down, yeah. but you can't, right. you know, because I'm looking to you. Yeah. I told him, our life is an open book to everybody. So, This is private for me, and I don't want to tell anybody. I don't want to share this with the world right now. I need to process this. I need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to tell my family because we had just buried my uncle in March Mm -hmm. of 2019. He had pancreatic cancer. And he was the first child out of 10 that my grandmother had that passed away. So I did not want them to think, oh, wow, we lost a brother. We're getting ready to lose a niece you know, or my mom lost a brother, and she's saying, "Oh my god, my daughter got cancer. Am I getting ready to lose her too?" Mm-hmm. You know, so I had right. my reasons Understand. for not telling my family. But unfortunately, my husband he couldn't keep it to himself. Oh boy! <laughs> you, know what I mean? yeah. you can't hold water, man. You can't. You hold know, waters. I'm like, dude. I'm telling you, miss Spencer... The next day, yeah. I'm back at work. Oh, I'm I'm, with, I'm withdrawn. Of course. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't feel like talking to anybody because I'm still processing this, you know, because mm-hmm. to tell you that night, I didn't get much sleep. So I'm sitting in my car in lunch break and I see my husband's car come up and I looked and I'm like, why is he here? And then I look and my mom is on the, the oh, passenger oh, side. Boy. And I'm like why is my mom not at work? He parks and he comes over to me, but he didn't come on the driver's side. He came on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh oh boy, I got some sense.
0: Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> After I found out what, what was going on, I yeah. was like, oh, he's really, he's really discerning this moment. Right uh, <laughs> oh. So he was like, Deborah. I said, yeah. He said, um, I told your mom you had cancer and if looks could kill, We'd have had my husband's funeral mm. because I looked at him. I know. Right. <laughs> he, I knew he probably felt that in his soul the way I looked at him. He felt it deep. He felt it deep. Yes. yes. And mm. I'm like, I gritted my teeth. I told you I did not want to tell my mother right now is one of them moments where you look at your kid and I say, Didn't I tell you? Exactly. You know, that's how yeah, that's know. how it was. He was like, But Deborah figure she's a woman and she can relate. Um, and I'm thinking, what she, she ain't, ain't got cancer. You know, ain't never had <laughs> cancer. She got,
0: right. you know, so
1: yeah, yeah. So she, you know, she came over, and I just knew it is is going to be a bunch of questions, blah, 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 And you're not prepared
0: goes, for that, like right now, no, because you're still processing it yourself. You still still have questions.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to wait to see what the doctor says. What's the prognosis? Where do we go from here? That's when I wanted to sit down and tell my family. But he took that away from me. He didn't give me a chance. My mom was like, oh, dee. -dee." And I'm like, oh, Lord. Lord, That's why I didn't want yeah. to tell her, yeah. you know, she she was a mom, yeah, you know, her course. daughter had cancer. So, oh, and I understood that I, I told people in bits and pieces, I wouldn't say bits and pieces. I told them kind of like one by one. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell my church until I had already had surgery. I was getting ready to have chemo. I was still going to church, still praising the Lord, even though these questions are going through my mind and someplace. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still faithful.
0: Were you receiving assurances that you know, things were going to be all right? Well,
1: we told our kids that following Sunday, I think the same day I told my sister. And my sister, she was like, you know, the Lord had already showed me that something was going on with you. But I didn't exactly know what it was. Mm-hmm. She's like, I was just waiting on you. When we told our kids, Jordan is just my baby. You know, even though he's the baby of the, boy, of the boys, but he's yeah. he's really kind-hearted and sweet, and he was like, "Mommy, I just don't want you to lose your hair." And I said, "Oh, because I battle with Alopecia in this journey, I can truly say that I had to come to terms with my perspective of what this journey was all about, because I started off with, "Why God? why me? Why this? Why that?" And I had all these questions I never once step back in, in the beginning of this journey and say, okay, you have a purpose for this. You didn't cause it. You allowed it. But in your allowing of this, the allowance of this, you have a purpose. I didn't look at it like that because everything when i tell you i told the lord i said you know what you've used my hand to heal people i said okay i'm gonna lay hands on myself i need this to work for me and knowing that he's not a magician i was saying okay if you can use me to heal somebody else and i'm just a vessel you can use the same vessel to heal itself i was telling him i said you know if you do a b and c I'll be good. You heal me this way and take me out of this trial this way, we will be, you know, we'll yeah, be all right. Sick,
0: good. Exactly. We'll forget and all of this we, ever happened and we can everything. Move, on with it and exactly. we'll move on Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh-huh. When I tell you God was just like, no, everything I asked, no. And when I tell you, it was just like bad news. Every time I went to the doctor, it was something else, something else, something else. I told him, I said, okay, Lord, I don't want a mastectomy and I don't want to have chemo. And I mean, I'm just telling him how I want to come out. Right. Not one time did I ask him, Lord, how are you going to bring me out? I just knew he was going to bring me out, but I didn't ask him, how are you going to do it your way? I just told him what I was going to do. I listened to a YouTube where this doctor, he was saying God made him change his perspective of the trial that he was going through because he had cancer where he had lumps and tumors all over his body. And he wow. said, no, I'm not going to get chemo because those are, you know, I know what chemo does to the body. Those are like poisons, toxins. And he was almost on his deathbed. Literally, he was on his deathbed. He said the Lord spoke to him so prevalent, and so profoundly and said, go to the cancer center and have chemo. And he said he drugged himself there, him and his wife, because his wife was saying she could hear the death rattle throughout the house. Oh. He, she said it was so horrible. And when I, I'm listening to this, I can, I can remember it so well. I was in my kitchen and I was washing dishes and cleaning up. And I'm listening to this. And he said right then and there, he, God was just like, you know what, you're going to do this. And he went. And right before their eyes, the tumor started shrinking soon as they started getting chemo inside him and I was like whoa he said it was a miracle because
0: door and so
1: he was at death's door chemo
0: by that time you would think
1: wouldn't work exactly Mm -hmm. but the miracle happened right before their eyes and he said one word he said I changed my perspective I had to stop telling God how I wanted to come out and ask God you know what, or tell God, however you're going to bring me out, I'm okay with it. It hit me like a ton of bricks because I was telling God, the almighty God, the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, I'm telling you how to bring me out. You know, <laughs> I'm like, mm, don't you feel small? Don't you? He just yeah. yeah. made you feel real, real small. Yes. <laughs> and I repented. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry, I apologize. I said, how in the world could the creation tell the creator what to do? What to do. And so what happened after that? I I had my mastectomy July the 3rd. They told me there was no way they actually could have saved my breasts. It it couldn't do they couldn't do a lumpectomy. I actually opted for natural uh, reconstruction. Okay. So that was a lot of surgeries along with it. But September 2019, I was in church. Before then, I said, Lord, I went to the altar and I just, I mean, church was going on. I just went up to the altar and I just laid on the altar. I said, I don't understand him. I said, this is a hard one for me. Literally, he gave me the scripture, Second Corinthians 12 and 9. My grace is sufficient. And that kept ringing in my spirit. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. He said, I didn't allow this to hurt you, but I allowed this to bring you closer to me.
0: Mm. And you thought and you I were already aw- close to him.
1: Right. I thought I was close enough. I'm like, but how close we going to (laughs) get? I'm like, I thought I was, I thought I was like skin on the body. You know what I mean? Right. But he floored me with that. I was Mm. like, okay. And in September, my husband prophesied to me. He said, Deborah, the Lord told me to tell you that you have to go through this trial because you're needing, you are in need of meeting some, you're, you're in want of meeting someone. You're going to have to meet someone. And that person you're going to have to minister to. Oh. And, and I'm thinking, well, Lord, you couldn't let me be this person in the elevator or and I be could
0: healthy and, on you the know. street. Right. Yeah. You
1: know, I'm like, why we got to go through, through this depth? You know, why we got to go through all of this? Because that
0: way, you'll know it's him when he's working. Exactly. It's never going to be the easy. We know it's never going to be the easy way. Right. It's not going to be the mean. obvious. It's got to be something where you're like, wait and a it, minute.
1: You exactly. Mm-hmm. And I did, because I'm telling you my, all of my doctors will tell you, this, my case, and I'm thinking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of women have had breast cancer. Everyone is different, mm-hmm. but they were like, your case is just very different. strange, yeah. very peculiar, very different. I'm mm-hmm. like, Lord, have mercy. Why I got to get this hard with You know, right. and he was, and my husband told me, he said, the Lord said, you're going to have to minister to someone because this person is wanting to kill themselves. Oh. But with you ministering to this person, you're going to save their life. Now, mind you, in 2018, November, Thanksgiving Day, 2018, I saved um, a seven-month-old baby from choking to death. And Yeah, in Hendersonville, North Carolina. My husband just decided we're not going to take a summer vacation. We're going to take a uh, winter vacation. Okay. So here we are. You know, I saved the baby's life. Did homic maneuver? I mean, that was all over the North yeah, Carolina it news. Yeah. I mean, it all over I'm on Fox News. Yeah. Okay, so I saved a baby in 2018, and not even three months later, I'm fighting for mine. And I'm like, I don't understand this. It makes. Sense. And now, yeah. right? And I'm like, now are you saying I got to minister to somebody because they were getting ready to kill herself? I say, like, wait a minute.
0: Wait
1: a minute. Wow. I, what, what? What about me? Hello. Exactly. <laughs> but um. When he yeah. told me that, yeah. that really changed my perspective. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, God, this is not about me. I said, this trial right here is not about me. And sometimes when you get to a place where you can actually just step back from it, step back and just walk away from the trial and just look at it again and say, you know what? This really ain't about you. You asked God to use you. You didn't tell him how. Or you didn't ask him how you're going to be used. You just say, here I am, Lord, use, use me. me. I'm a vessel. Mm-hmm. I'm available. And when we do that, we, I mean, we never know what's going to happen. He, he, like I said, he's an all-knowing God. Yes, and he already knows, yeah. He told me he wanted me to trust him. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, all right, I trust you. Because you have never failed me yet. Man, when I hear that song all of my life, I've never known you to fail. You remain the same. Wonderful is your name. And I started hearing that song and I'm like, you are literally showing me I'm going to remain the same. All I need you to do is trust me. I know it's hard. I know it's uncomfortable. I know you don't like it. Because at one point I felt like I was half of a woman and I read an article and a woman had a mastectomy and her husband left her and all these, you know, all these thoughts Mm -hmm. are playing in your mind. Is my husband still going to love me? Is he going to leave me? Mm -hmm. You know, it was just. I was like, God, you know, you really know your creation. You really know your children because you knew that I'm so anchored in you that this right here wouldn't even cause me to say, you know what, I'm walking away from you. Because so many people get go through trials and they feel like, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Forget it. But they forgot it was him that got you to where you are now, you know, and he brought you out of other trials. And I was like, truly in you, I live, I move and I have my being, God, wherever we're going with this, I'm game. And once I started saying, okay, However you bring me out, Lord, I'm I'm fine with this, and I know you're going to make me fine. I know you, you're making me all over, you're teaching me, because I said, okay, God, instead of me saying, why me, now I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? And he taught me how to trust him, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Deborah, can you still trust me? Can you still praise me? Mm-hmm. Can you still lift up your hands and say, God, I love you, I adore you, I worship you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I continued to do that. And, and, you know, our parishioners are like, there is no way you've had surgery after surgery after surgery and you're still coming to church or after chemo. I would still follow my husband if he had a preaching assignment somewhere. And he's like, Debra, you don't have to go. But I felt like I was on assignment. I said, look, (laughs) I have a mandate on my life. Mm -hmm. Cancer can't interrupt it. It may slow me down. Yeah, But I can't, I can't fall. Either I'm going to wallow in my tears, yeah. you know, or either I'm going to get up and move.
0: Yeah. And then your husband prophesied to you right. what God wanted you to do, what he was going to use you to do, right? So right. what that's still, pro- you know, in the back of your mind. So yeah, you're on assignment now and you're just, you don't know how that's going to appear or in what situation that's going to be. So let's get to that point, the way all of that came together, because the person that I believe that you... Um, had to minister to was someone their job or their
1: profession is to yeah. heal
0: people or take care of people and get them better
1: right I got to my doctor and she was like well you know I'm kind of glad you got cancer then and I'm like you're you really talking about the side of your neck right now <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at her like so what <laughs> exactly I'm like who oh, tells somebody that mm-hmm. you know but I was, I was Deborah Flesh. I was not Deborah Spirit. Okay. at that point. <laughs> no, I wasn't uh, thinking like that. I like that. that. I like know? that. <laughs> you my know, like God, this lady is crazy. I said, uh-huh. what's wrong with her? What you don't tell somebody. somebody. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. But she said she was going through a very rough time in her life, but she was like, you know what? God brought you to me. I mean, she kept telling me that just about every time I went to her office, Ms. Spencer, it was just... Yeah. God brought you to me. I am so thankful you had cancer. God brought you to me. We're gonna go through this thing together. Wow. So I mean she would always ask me, she asked my husband one time, she was like, Did her did she cry? She was like, Are you all right, never? I said, Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. She said, Most people who've gone through surgeries and get to the point where you're at now, they're crying. I mean, they're they're miserable. Mm-hmm. She said, You don't look like that I said, It's all God. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else I could tell you. Mm-hmm. I said, it's not me. I mean, and my husband said, yeah, she cried a couple of times. I mean, but she's good. And she, I mean, just kept asking me over and over, but yet she kept saying, I know God brought you to me. So I'm ministering to her as we go through all of these surgeries. I ended up having 11 surgeries. Wow. Yes. 11 surgeries and not only ministering to her, just about every time I went into the hospital and stayed a period of days, I was sharing this story and ended up ministering to one of the nurses. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, I said, wow. And I mean, it, it really just blew my mind. I know about ministering to people, but it was like, it was a different one every time. And God had me, to share this story, to be able to minister to them, and I said, "Okay, God, I see what you're doing." And the more I minister to my doctor after, like almost every visit, you know, we're sitting here talking, and she's sharing her life. And um, you know, the, the first time she actually broke down was after she did my surgery, and I'm looking at my mom, I'm like, "Yeah." I'm glad she didn't break down while she was in the operating you know? <laughs> room. I was like, uh, "Exactly." Thanks for holding up know, on that one.
0: I appreciate. Me. it. I was yeah. like, "Girl, high <laughs> five. Let me give you some. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: so I, you know, I was just, I was floored to know that you know why you know God, you chose me mm-hmm. to be able to minister to this doctor. I mean, it, it came down to the point where I had her. Cell number. Mm-hmm. I'm texting her. She's texting me, and I'm like, I never had this, you know, uh, rapport with a doctor, but I mean, it's cool. I'm, you I know, mean, I'm happy about this. but she told me, and um, I went for one of my visits. Mm-hmm. My husband and I were in the room with her because my husband was my rock. He always went to the visit my um, doctor visits with me. We were in there and she was like, "Okay, I can't remember what surgery, what number this was, but she said, "You know what?" She said, of all the things that I've been going through. She said, with you, me and you together, and this really brought me back to the Lord." And you know, I'm like, "Wow, you know, okay, God. I'm 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 I'm, a, I'm completing my time and I'm I'm doing good." Yeah. And she said, you know what? I turned back to God. She said, you know, this this trial and then having you here to minister and stuff like that. And when it came out of her mouth, I just dropped my head and kind of chuckled. She said, because, <laughs> she, said, she said, because I was going to kill myself. Wow. She said, I had the pills. She said, I had the alcohol. I was ready. I was going to kill myself. And I dropped my head. And then I looked at my husband and I just... It wasn't funny what she was saying. I right. just recalled what happened? I recalled yes. what he told me, what he prophesied. Yes. I said you in You're... my mind, I'm like, dude, for right. real. For real. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I never told her. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything and I was just like, Lord. So you can imagine our conversation going on. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I know, but look at that, you know, because I always say that in any of the encounter- encounters that I've had or anything like that. God, if he blows your mind, it's hard to really wrap your brain around it. So when it does come to fruition, what he has planned for you and you see it play out all the way to the end, you have to laugh because I've done that before. I'll chuckle and I'll point up and I'll go, ooh, you something else. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was just like, here it is. Boom. Whoop! There this, it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like this is why I needed you in this place. And you did that. This is why you couldn't just see her on the elevator or bump into her no, in the wall no, or something no. like this. She said, "This is too intimate." Yes. I'm like, Lord, you all right with me? All right. <laughs> we cool now. We good.
0: All right. Yeah, we good. And so with that being said, what's your prognosis now? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm still under doctor's care. Okay. I go see my oncologist and my breast surgeon every like six months now. I told them, I said, well, because of the fact that I know men can get breast cancer too, but I do want to let women know that the older you get, your breast tissue becomes dense. In dense breast tissue, cancer hides. You really can't tell. Well, I was only 43 then. So I'm like, well, you know, that's not really old. A lot of contraceptives, birth control pills, they're kind of linked. The hormones are linked to cancer. And I'm like, well, you know, I was on birth control pills, you know? I mean, we had three boys. I wasn't trying to have no more. Okay. (laughs) So I told my doctor, my breast surgeon, I said, look, I don't want to have to go through this again because I had three mammograms and they came back negative. Three. And then Boom, I had cancer. So, and, and the lump, that's the crazy part. I call it my divine lump. The lump had nothing to do, nothing to do with the cancer. They found my cancer further back, closer to my chest wall. So, if the lump wasn't there and I didn't have any discharge, you know, I probably could have been dead today. So, you know, I tell women now, you know, and I really wish that they could invent something that picks up dense breast tissue or, or insurances would allow women right, they make to hard. have MRIs mm-hmm. as they get older, have MRIs, still have the, go through the mammography machine, but still have an MRI. So now every six months, um, I'm either going to have a, I'll have a mammogram and then next six months I'll have an MRI because they don't want me having to go through this again. I was like, you're right. I was like, y'all got to assure me something. Yeah. No, we ain't doing this. No,
0: we're just. not doing it. I don't care if it's to save somebody else's whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Can you move on to the next person on the list? Oh, like, <laughs> You're like, look,
1: yeah. I'll I'll do the highwick again. You know, if you want me to do that, yeah, I'll do yeah. the highwick again all you day. Know? All day. <laughs> really? I'm on a medicine tamoxifen I have okay. to take mm-hmm. for five years. The non invasive part of my cancer was like 99 and 95% positive progesterone and estrogen. I mean, it was really, really high. I, I just say, you know, God has been good. I mean, the human part of me, um, because of the medicine, it gives you insomnia, night sweats, and all that hot flashes. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm going through <laughs> menopause already. Jeez. Yeah. You know, I deal with that. And sometimes because of the mastectomy, I have no feeling on my right side. You know, it bothers me every now and then. I get a little, I guess, now I wouldn't say depressed, but I get a little down during the month of July because I know what happened. You know, it wasn't fireworks and, you know. Yeah independence day you know it, it wasn't at all you know you know I just keep thanking God I have a ribbon up over my um, mirror in our bedroom and it has survivor on it because you know I look at that every day Now, you know a lot of people's like well you know what you might have lost your breast, but you're still here and I'm like yeah I, I get that I say it's easier to say when you're on the other side of that but it, it's still something you deal with emotionally Every day, because yes. I mean, literally. And you have I a reminder mercy. every day. Yeah. Every what day, yes, mm-hmm. every day. I still say, you know, God, even with that, I know you're going to bring me over this. I said, It's still fresh. It's only been three years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a three-year cancer survivor. So I give God all praise, glory, and honor for that. And I know he knows that, yeah, you're human, Deborah, and you may have some down days. But I know how to reach him and say, okay, Daddy, I- I'm not doing too good today. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I know he's there. Yes. So, yes. but for the most part, I'm trying to get rid of all this weight that chemo, <laughs> that <laughs> chemo stuck on me. Yeah. Because of that, you know, I'm able to share this story. I've, I've written a book. I was part of a anthology, Strong and Fearless. And I've written my book, My um, Compass Life, My Breast Cancer Journey. Even though at the beginning of this trial, I was just saying, why me, why me? Now I can say, God, I'm glad that you allowed me to go through this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I had cancer to be able to save somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that I went through this trial because not only I, read, I wrote the book to minister to people, but I didn't, a lot of people was like, wow, you, you being a preacher, you didn't put a whole lot of scriptures in. It. And I said, well, I, I didn't want to because my, my testimony is a scripture in itself. So. You know, we are walking epistles. Mm-hmm so i wanted my testimony i wanted god to be shown in the testimony. i didn't want to put a whole lot of scriptures because that might just that book might be somebody's bible because it, it may reach i did, I wanted to reach the masses not just a a group you know i wanted to reach the atheists i wanted to reach the hindus i wanted to you know reach the Buddhists. you know i just wanted to reach a soul that saying, you know what, I'm hurting, or I don't know God, mm-hmm. or I don't believe in miracles. Yes. That book yes. is a miracle. Yes. I'm a walking miracle. He was there the whole time. He's you know, so he good. showed me another side of him. I, I, You know, we all know him. And I tell people, we, those that have accepted Christ into their life, know him as a savior. Some people know him as a father. Some people know him as a mother, whatever you needed God in that moment to be. He said, I am that I am. But he showed me the side of him as a loving father, because the Bible said we can call him Abba father. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I started saying Abba Daddy, I need you. I mean, I just felt like I was just sitting in God's arms and in his lap. And he was saying, Deborah, i got you. You will know that it was only me that brought you out. And I can attest to that. It was only him. I had family around me. I had my husband with me. I had my children. We all believe in praying. But to know that God, it was just like, no, I don't need nobody else's help. You don't need nobody else's help. I'm going to do this for you. And I'm going to show you again how much I love you. God, you're amazing. Yes, he is.
0: Deborah Rouse, thank you. Thank you so much. So glad that you are here. So glad that we have uh, met. But thank you so much for sharing. And people can get your book, My Compass Life. Where can they get that?
1: They can um they can actually inbox me there on Facebook. Okay. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, they can also order from Amazon. It's on Amazon. Okay. God
0: bless you and your family. Thank and, you. And your sons. We're both uh, boy moms. Yes. And, um, God bless you all. And um, everyone who's listening, uh, and I'm sure they'll keep you uh, in prayer. We'll be thinking of you often as well. Thank you so
1: much. God bless you again. Thank you for this. This wonderful opportunity, This you have a wonderful platform where people are sharing their testimonies and that's what it's all about. We overcome by the word of God and then the power of our testimony. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you so, so much.
0: If you'd like to be a guest or if you just want to share your testimony, call 843-608-0804. That's 843-608-0804 or email tessa at gmail dot com.